want to just uh, welcome you. My name is Mark. For those who don't know me, just glad to uh, glad to spend a few minutes with you this morning. Just taking a look at truth, taking a look at what uh, what the God of the universe thinks about uh, each and every one of us. You know, uh, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about that that idea that we might need a bigger box that to think of how big God is uh, and what He thinks of us. Uh, a lot of times the, t- the, the framework that we have is just, is just far too small. He's bigger than we can truly fathom. He's beyond what we can really describe. Uh, we, don't have, we, don't, we often don't have the words or just even the, 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 the mental capacity to imagine just how, how big he is. We used a golf ball last, the last couple of weeks to try and describe the size of our planet. You know, it's like somewhere, somewhere in this massive universe, there's this tiny little planet and, and we live there. And the God who created everything, that he cares about that, is just, it's amazing. You know, I think sometimes we wonder about worship and praise. I'm like, well, I'm not feeling it today, or I didn't like that song. None of that stuff matters. The reason he's deserving of praise is just because of who he is. Like, when you think about how amazing, how massive, just how incredible, great, great he is, he just deserves praise for that reason. And, you know, as this, this week, I've been just reading some of the stories of people who, you know, have walked away from faith, walked away from church, walked away from God. Um, some have done it through COVID simply because it's like, oh man, it's just the, the wear of, of uh, distancing and, you know, not being around their, their faith family. They've just sort of wandered away. And it, I, I find that tragic. And as I read through some of the stories, you, you find that some of them, the reason that they have walked away from God is when I look at it, I realize they didn't actually walk away from the God of the universe. They walked away from a God they created. They made somebody a God who was in their little box. And, and when that little God didn't measure up to what they had expected him to do, they're like, well, I don't need that God anymore. And I would say that's true. You don't need that God anymore. But we do need the true, the one and true and only God. And I wonder, you know, if that can happen. Maybe you're watching online. You wrestle with some of these thoughts, you know, this morning. I wonder if it's possible that we've just created a God in our image. We created God who would, we think God should act like us rather than realizing we've been created in his image to bring glory to him. You know, we sometimes say, well, I would have answered this prayer this way. And so if God didn't, well, pff, I don't know if I, if I need that kind of God. Maybe we thought, you know, God's going to make our lives better. And then when there's times in our life where it ain't better, it's like, oh, you know, well, <laughs> that, that, then that God can't exist. We have some of these things where we think maybe he's, he's, we, we, maybe I think we look at God like a genie. You know, we think, ah, you know, he's just there to give us wishes. And, and as all the smart children know, what's the first thing you would ask for if you got three wishes? That's right. We would ask for unlimited wishes. Like, you know, God, I just want you to answer all my prayers the way that I want them answered. But that's putting God in, in, a, in a box that, that he doesn't fit in. You know, sometimes, the, you know, the, the, the God that doesn't let Bad things happen to good people. Well, that's just a box we built. You know, or the, the God who answers all of my prayers. Well, that's just a box we built. Or the God who answers some of my prayers. That, that, that's also a box that we built. You know, the God who's only concerned with your behavior. Not, not mine, but everyone else's around me. You know, he's concerned about all their... That, that, that's just a God we... It's a box we built. You know, or the one who just exists for my happiness. It's just a box we built. It's not who he truly is. Who he truly is... It's something I think we really need to consider. And, and the good news is that not only do we have, you know, creation around us t- just pointing to, uh, to, to who God is, but we even have different, different um, you know, authors, people who, who uh, uh, 2,000 years ago wrote about their experience with God on the planet. And one of those guys is a guy named John. I want to take a look at him this morning. John, uh, he, <laughs> he was a guy who followed Jesus around. 
So he wrote down, here's what I saw. It wasn't like I'm making up a story. He's like, man, I saw this guy do these things. And here's what happened. Here's what that looked like so that others could read it. Well, the interesting thing about John is later on when he's older in life, uh, he has this revelation of who Jesus is. He, he gets a chance to see a glimpse of heaven, just a, just a, a snippet of what heaven is like. And, and he's just blown away. And he uses this word like a whole lot. Back in the day, anybody in the 80s, remember when that word was just way overused? You know, like everything started with like. Every sentence started with like, what's up with all the likes? Like, I don't know. It was like always like, 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 like. And now today, I mean, we're back in there. It's like, I'll like that. I'll like that. I'll follow that. I'll like that. But John, as I was reading through Revelation, I'm like, man, he uses his word a lot too. Probably because he has had no idea. How do I describe to people on this planet something that just is otherworldly? And I wonder if you could just picture with me right now what it would be like to go sit on a beach with John. John, the guy who followed Jesus, he was actually on a beach on this island right here called the island of Patmos. They, uh, the, the rulers that were, they didn't like that this guy was talking about Jesus all the time. And like, you know what? We're going to put a stop to him. So they, they tried to put him in jail, and he just kept talking about Jesus. So like, okay, we're going to stick him on that island over there. At least we know where he is. You know, he can't talk to anybody from there, we're good. And it's on that island that John has this vision and he writes about it. And little did they know that billions of people would get to hear what, what they tried to keep John from sharing simply because he wrote it down. I'm so glad he did. You know, and John wrote down, he's like, I, I think if he described it to us, you know, as he was about to pen it to, pay, to the scroll, he, he may sit there with us on that beach. Are you there? It's a lot better than being out here in this blustery, snowy weather, right, man? Let's be on the beach. John may say have said something like this to you. You know, I follow Jesus around. And man, I can describe him. Like, he was like love personified. He was like full of grace and truth. The way he dealt with me and other people. I, I was there when he broke that bread into all those pieces. I, like, I actually held that bread. And, and I would hand away the lunch and come back and, and there was a whole other lunch. And I would hand it away and there was, like, this man was incredible. Like, he was not like any other person I knew. He was incredible. And I can describe him. You know, and when he died and rose from the dead, I, I was shocked, but not that shocked, because nothing was impossible for him. And then when he said he was going to heaven, and he was preparing a place for us, and then just to, just to have a glimpse of that place for a minute, I saw him again. But I don't even know how to describe what he's like there. When I saw him on the planet, he was like, God in a body, limited to a body. But where I saw this, it was, it was different. There's, there's just no limits. Let me try and paint this picture for you. Like my eyes were open and I saw this massive throne. Massive. And, and there was somebody sitting on Like I want to say it was someone, but he was just glowing. Like glowing. I, like picture a whole lot of diamonds. Just, I don't even know how to describe it, but like diamonds and, and glowing. And, and around his throne, this massive, like, like a rainbow, but like emeralds too. And I, I don't know how to describe that, but just picture the biggest emeralds you've ever seen. And then picture that in like a rainbow. Like, anyways, I, I, that's someone. That's someone I knew to be God. And he says, and I saw he says, things I could describe. He's like, there was these other thrones all around and they, they had the elders, the leaders of our, our people sitting on them and they were wearing white white clothes, but they had golden crowns and golden sashes. I, 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 could, I can describe them. And he says, but then there was other stuff. Like, <laughs> I, don't need, I don't even know how to explain this, except that it, I saw these beings, like, kind of like animals, but I, not really. One was like a lion, and it was just covered with eyes everywhere. Can you picture that? 
Picture a lion. Like, you can see this right now. Like, a lion with just eyes everywhere. But it was, it had wings, like six wings. And, and then there was another one. It was like, a, it looked like an ox. But again, like, eyes everywhere and, and, and wings. And, and then there was this, this one that had, like, the face of a man, but wings and, and eyes everywhere. And, and, and then one just soaring around like an eagle. But again, like an eagle with six wings and, and like, eyes everywhere. I don't know what, about the eyes, but those eyes could see what I couldn't see. They could, they could see this, this someone on the throne. And every time, you know, even if I can't describe what they, what they really look like, what they were doing, I can tell you. It's like, man, every time that their eyes would see this figure on this throne, they would say these words. They would say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord, is our God. He's the Almighty. You know, he, he, he always was, and he is right now, and he will forever will be he says, and they would, they would do that again. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He goes on to say this, and he writes it down. He says, whenever these living beings, these, these four massive beings, he says, when they give what? They give glory, and they ascribe honor, and they give thanks to this glowing person on the throne. He says they do it, oh, and he reminds us, you know, the, the one who, who lives forever and ever. I mean, it's to him. They're singing these things. He says, but whenever they do that, he says, I realize all those guys, those 24 elders on those thrones, they didn't sit there very long. They'd get up, and they'd fall down on their faces, and, and they would, he says, the worship, but they would, like, kiss towards the, this, this honor towards this, the person on the throne, and, and they would lay their crowns at his feet, and, and, and they would say this. They would say, you are worthy, O Lord. You alone are worthy to receive glory and honor, which these, the, the, the ones that saw it every time was like, man, a glimpse, another glimpse of him and power. Why? Cause, just because you created all things. He's like, it's like my eyes were open. It was like, yes, that's how I would describe Jesus. He was there at the beginning. He created all things. And the reason he deserves glory and praise and honor and thanks isn't because of what he's done in my life. It's just because of who he is, because he created all things. He says, man, you know what? That just keeps going on. I, I had the chance to see it. It was like day after day, night after night. This just keeps happening. They never grow tired of it. He is just that amazing that they, they can never stop. With all those eyes getting a glimpse of him, just all they can respond is, holy, 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 set apart. There's none other like you. And they keep seeing it and seeing it and seeing it. And the rest keep saying, man, yeah, he's, he's worthy. They just can't help but worship. It's that God that we're talking about this morning. It is that being that we are talking about this morning. Whatever you want to think of, of him, may we not forget who we are talking about. He's the creator of all things. And when you slow down for a minute to think about that, have you taken a look at things around you this week? It says, you know, in, Ro- in Romans, it was a verse of the day that, that nature just, just screams out his existence. The fact that Things that we can't, with our greatest minds, can't create. It's just everywhere. A blade of grass, we can't make that. A leaf on a tree, we can't make that. All of these things that we can't, he just makes. And we live on this little planet, which is fascinating because it's going to be right here in a second. This little planet, there it is. I, Saturday nights, I'm telling you, they're better, right? So the little planet compared to this massive sun, you're on there. You're on there. Do you see you? Huh? No? No, we're on there. You know what's crazy about that? The fact that that exists is incredible. But the fact they say that, that this, this, 
Science will tell us this exists in the Goldilocks zone, which is the, the space close enough to the sun, but also not too close. The, the, the fact that water can exist right there. That water exists, and because water exists, life can exist right there. But you know what I find fascinating? How does, how did, you know, even if it's just perfectly in that zone, how did life exist there? We know that life comes from life. You know, if I put this bottle up, I, we're going to test this theory. You're going to put the bottle right here for the rest of the, the morning. Can you keep an eye on it? Because just in case that bottle decides to come alive all on its own and, you know, decide that it's going to go, I don't know what bottles would do if they came alive. But just watch that one, just in case. You know, I feel like I don't have to put like a, a fence around it or tie it down because we all know that thing's not coming alive all on its own. But how did life come to this planet? How, even with science and whatever, how did life get there? Because life begets life. We know that. It doesn't come from something dead, but life got there. You know why? Because the author of life breathed life and he designed us for this planet, designed us to be able to live, design life in an incredible way. That's the God He's beyond our boxes. He's, you know, Paul would say he's beyond the boxes we build for him. You know, we build this church. We think, oh, this is the house of God. Be careful how you act in this place because it's the house of God. This is not the house of God. There's a bunch of bricks and mortar. Maybe there's bricks. I don't even know. But it's just building. Paul said, man, you guys build all these temples thinking you're building houses for God. He doesn't live in there. He doesn't live in there. He's, he's way beyond that. We need to remember that as well. John says, man, he's way beyond my mental boxes. I don't even know how I would describe him. The words just aren't there because he's beyond that. And I think we need to remember that this morning. That is the God we're talking about. And I just, I wonder if because we so underestimate who God is that we underestimate what he truly thinks of us. And we live our lives with our own little boxes of what God thinks about us. And we, we, think, he's, we think he's so small <laughs> that we end up thinking of what he thinks of us is so small. And I want us to take a couple minutes to think about that this morning. Because what the God of the universe thinks about you, it's incredible. And it's not because you're so awesome. It's, it's b- b- because of what he thinks of us that it is awesome. Do you ever listen to yourself pray? Do you ever listen to your, your own prayers? Sometimes <laughs> I listen to my kids pray. And, and I love it because every once in a while, Max, he just gets in this thing. Like he is definitely the preacher in our family. He'll, he'll, he will pray the sermon, like, he will pray to the, to the God who's in that universe holding it on his pinky finger. And I, I just love listening to him. You know, but there's sometimes where I listen to my own prayers, I'm like, man, the way I pray, it's like, God, my problems there are so huge. I don't even think you can handle it. Let me help you, God. You and me, maybe more me than you, but it's like it's, everything, is, everything is massive in my life. I'm so important. God, you need to work this out for me. I think me and think all this is so massive. And then when I think of God, I pray sometimes in that, that thought that he's limited. Like that maybe, I don't think he can handle this, you know. And, and, and I don't say it that way. But the way I'm praying is like, this is way too big for God. And I'm like, man, when I think of creation and I think of us and I think of where we are, man, that, that box, I think we need a bigger box. And Paul's prayers... Paul, that's, that, that guy, he's praying in it last week in Ephesians 1. He said, I pray that you would understand the incredible greatness, that the surpassing greatness of his power. He, he, somebody texted me and said, I think the scripture you're looking for is, is Ephesians 3. And I was like, yeah, that's next week. Well, welcome to next week. Here it is, Ephesians 3. Here's what Paul prays. He's what he prays for Jesus' followers, but he just prays for people in general. He says, when I think of all this, and he's talking about how, how the God of all creation loves people and has this plan to build one big multi-ethnic family, of people that will live forever. He says, when I think about all that, man, it's like, I just can't help but fall to my knees. And I, I pray to our Father, 
He's not God who's way, way far away. It's the God who came near and says, call me Father. He says he's the creator of everything. He, along with John, knew the truth. He's like, man, he's the creator of everything on heaven and earth. And here's what he prays. He's like, man, here's my prayer for you. I I pray that from his glorious, what's that word? You can shout that one out. Because I don't know if we believe that. That God, out of his glorious, unlimited resources, that he would, out of that, empower you. Not out of like, oh, you know, I need a little bit of strength for today. You know, my little verse of the day, I need a little bit. He's like, man, he's unlimited. Like, so often we, like, he's like, man, that you would have inner strength by his spirit. So often I hear people like, I can't take anymore. Oh, if one more bad thing happens to me, I'm just tossing in the towel. I, I just don't think that I can do this. I don't think I can. And I just, man, like, I've been there halfway through COVID. I, I mean, I'm hoping that we're halfway through COVID, but a ways back, I had those feelings of just like, oh, you know, I'm not enough. And he's like, yeah, that's true. You're not, but I am. And I live in you. And he says, man, I, I pray that you'd be empowered with inner strength by his spirit. I pray that, you know, that he, Paul's like, man, that you'd get the box of limits broken. He says in this verse 17, he says, you know what will happen? He says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. And God doesn't live in these buildings, but he chooses to live in you. I want to say holy cow, but I don't know if that's allowed. Hokey smoke. Think about that for a second, that the God of the universe who we just described wants to live in you. Have you thought about that? I can tell you haven't because your mind's not looking blown enough to me right now. For real. That God wants to live in me. What would my life look like if I believed that the God of the universe, that big, massive, awesome, incredibly powerful, unlimited God lives right here? Man, what are my prayers going to be like? Okay, God, you can. You already even know what I'm going to pray. I don't even need to say it. Just yes, whatever you just, whatever you want. Yes, God, I just, <laughs> I'm yours. Thank you for, thank you for even giving me the opportunity to be yours. It's like, man, what would it look like? Paul says, here's what it looked like. He said, I'll tell you one thing. When you start realizing you got the God of the universe in you, I mean, nothing else matters. Like what people think about you doesn't matter. He's like, your roots will grow down into God's love. What are your roots in? We say, what are our roots in? It's like, what, what do I base all my life decisions on? What's kind of the foundation? Well, whether I have enough money, you know, whether my job's going well, whether I'm like climbing the corporate ladder, whether things are working out in my life, whether my, you know, whether my peers like me, whether my friends love me, whether my spouse loves me, you know, whether I love me, what is it? He says, man, you'll get it down into God's love and realize, man, like everything else, the fruit of it all comes out of that. It's like the roots of the tree. He says, you know where you see when roots are in good soil, man, you see incredible things happen. And he's like, man, I just want you to know that you're really loved. Like my prayer is that you would realize that the God of the universe, who's massive, incredible, huge, he knows your name and he loves you. Do you believe that this morning? Do you know that you're loved? Do you really know that you're loved? Before we get into that, you know, um, during COVID, somebody, a, a number of years came by and they had invented something here at the church. And I was like, during COVID, I thought, you know, I got all this free time. I'm going to invent something. And so I did. And I wanted to introduce it to you this morning. It's called the Cages Ox. The Cages Ox. And I thought, you know, I named it that because it's going to be a great word for Scrabble. Finally, I will have a word that I can beat my wife uh, at with, uh, with using the, the letters for something. But this is the Cages Ox 1000. I mean, it's, it has a pump. It has batteries. It comes with hand sanitizer because it's COVID-friendly. Uh, we have a tuner right here, so you can sing with whatever. I don't know. You could wear it if you'd like, but I also think it would be really cool on the mantle. You might have to get rid of your big screen TV to have this sitting there. But this is the prototype. So the Cages Ox 1000, uh, this, this thing, right, I, I hope to start a Kickstarter later on this week to try and raise funds to, to just to get to the final one. 
I'm also planning to uh, go on Dragon's Den once I have that, once we have the Cages Ox 5,000, and just get this thing distributed all around the world. Like, this thing is not, you're wondering right now, uh, where can you get this? I'll tell you in a second. But, you know, this is going to be a thing for Christmas 2020. Everybody will want the Cages Ox. You bet. So, this morning... This morning, we have a a very rare opportunity. And for those watching online, you can still be a part of this because I will accept by text. But we're going to take, give you the opportunity to be the first owner of the Cages Ox 1000. Would anybody here like to be the very first owner? I will sign it. I'll autograph it for you. And you can have it for the low, low price of? No, no. It's called the Cages Ox 1000 for a reason. So who will give me $1,000 for this one? Not yet. Any questions about this product? No, the tuner comes with it. Any, anybody have any questions about this product? What do you mean, what's it do? Why does it have to do something to be worth $1,000? Does it have to do something? <laughs> the cages ox will clean your house. No, see, that's my question. What does it do? What does it do? What does it do? What does it do? Because for us, to ascribe value to things, we always want to know what does it do? What does it do? You know, when we ask questions of people, we do the same thing. You know, we say to people, hey, what's your name? You you find their name. What's the next question you ask? What do you do? Maybe, how you doing, right? But we don't even ask that if the answer to what do you do is not in our, you know, that'll determine whether we ask any more questions. (laughs) Garbage collector? Yeah, okay. Let's go meet someone else, you know? You're like, we we do this thing. We, We value people on what they do. Our whole thing, our whole culture is about valued based on, on what, people, uh, what people do rather than, than just what they are. You know, and so often, so often we see this where people will try and do something. Maybe you grew up that way. Man, if I do this, my parents might love me more. We, we, we don't say it, but we think it. You know, if I, <laughs> if I do this or I wear this, maybe my girlfriend will love me more. My boyfriend will love me more. You know, if I say this, maybe my, my friends will think, you know, they'll, they'll value me more. Maybe my boss will pay me more if I, if I do this. You know, it's why peer pressure is a thing. The only reason peer pressure is a thing is because we actually care about what other people value. What do they think of me? Do they value me? Do they love me? It's why keeping up with the Jones and keeping up with the Kardashians is a thing. Because we want people to, oh, wow, they're, they're quite something. You know, it's why, it's why we actually just thought about what we were going to wear this morning. Because we're like, man, we don't want to go in and look like slobs. You know, people might look at us and think something as a result, right? So we, 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 we do these things. It's why social media is all about the likes, and about how many things you can get. YouTube actually values people this way. I got my little nephew. My little nephew has 5,000 subscribers on YouTube, and they pay him to play video games. I'm like, how did I not know this growing up? That could have been me. And then I realized YouTube doesn't pay me nothing. Why? Because they value people based on likes, you know, based on what they do, and, and uh, value is determined. You know, I think sometimes that because that's our whole subconscious framework, we do the same thing with God. And we think that God's love for us is valued on what we do. Gary mentioned it one of the weeks. If we, if we behave more, if we obey more, maybe God's going to love me more. If I go to church more, if I pray more, then God's going to love me more. If, I, you know, if, I'm, if I'm not doing very good, if I'm like, you know, feeling super guilty about things, then I think God's love for me must be, must be less. You know, the problem is that that's where religion is born, about what we're going to do, what we're going to do, what we're going to do, so God's going to, you know, what, what God will think about us. But it's not that way. Let me introduce you to another Cages Ox. This is going to be the new baby 2021. Cages Ox will probably be the name of the year next year. But baby Cages Ox, 
Any of you think that this baby's parents love this child? Why? What do babies do, though? Anybody know? A whole lot of nothing. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I thought, too. But then I had a few. And they, they, they sleep, they eat, they cry, they poop, and then they repeat for years and years. And you, welcome, Shelton, to the, uh, the years. Can we just take a look at that baby real quick? Can you just, can you just turn? This is even better. It's baby cages ox right there. Think that baby's loved? Is that baby loved for what it does? Heck no. That baby's simply loved because of who he is. You know, there's that cliche saying that we are human beings, not human doings, but I wonder if we live our lives that way. If we're just simply able to just be loved by God. You know, Paul, that was his prayer. He's like, man, I just wish you'd understand that. I wish your box would just be blown because if you would live your life waking up every day, you get up first thing, ha, huh, I'm loved today. I don't need to pursue it. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of me. Man, I'm so loved. It doesn't matter what I wear. It doesn't matter. It, none of it matters. I am just loved by God and, and so loved. I can just share that love with other people. What would your life look like? Here's what Paul prays. He's in Ephesians 3, 18. He says, man, I pray you'd have the power to understand that you would know it as all God's people should, how high, how wide, how deep his love truly is. He's like, man, I want to understand how wide his love is because there's people in our lives we don't love very much. Anybody want to admit to that? (laughs) Yeah, there's those people who won't wear the masks or those people who will or whatever. It's like those people from that town just down the road, you know, it's like they're just outside of our love zone. There's none outside of his. You know, we've got we, we, we have crazy stuff going on, on our planet where people value people based on their color of skin and they, you know, the, what, what, how they're going to vote. We love and we hate people as a result. He's like, my, my love's wider than that. He's like, man, my love is it's longer than that. How long do you love your kids? Forever. Some of you said that with like not much joy. Forever. <laughs> but we do, right? We love him forever. His love is longer. He says, my love's higher. There's, no, like, there's nothing you can do that's going to make me love you more. Man, you can't attain anything that's going to make me love you more. And same thing with the depth. He's like, when you're at the depths, when you're at the lowest of low, man, you get feeling those spots. You're like, I don't think anybody loves me. I don't even love me. I heard this last night. God's incredible because he loves me even when I don't love me. Man, he's like, that's how deep his love is. And it's not the superficial thing. It's like, it, it's so, it's so, so deep. And he's like, Paul says, man, I don't, I don't know if you understand. And I, I just had this great picture of it. There's a guy named Mark Roper. I want to show you his video in a second. Mark Roper is a famous YouTuber. He does all kinds of things. He used to work at NASA. He's brilliant. He, uh, he wanted to, he wanted to uh, set the world record for elephant toothpaste. And then when somebody broke that, he just decided he'd make his own uh, version of it. And he basically said, I'm going to just pour this solution into these 50-gallon drums and see what happens. Here's, here, here's what happened. <laughs> Can I just say, you're the 55-gallon drum. That is his love. Mind-blowing. That, that his love for you is just way, way, way beyond, no matter what. And Paul's like, man, I want you to understand it. And then he says this. He simply says in the rest of the verse, he says, may you experience it. He's like, I don't want you to just know it. I don't want you to just know, oh, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. And then walk around like a worm for the rest of your life. He's like, man, I want you to know, and not just know it here, but you'd experience it, that you truly understand. Has anybody been skydiving? Anybody? 
Just, oh yeah, you would know. Skydiving is like, you know, we could look at pictures of skydiving and be like, man, skydiving at dawn, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty incredible. It looks, looks really incredible. You know, falling, falling thousands of feet. You know, 8,000 feet in a minute, just the wind. Maybe watch the videos and you see the cheeks. As they're going down. Man, it's nothing until you stand at the edge of the door and you look down and you see the fields like a postage stamp. And you're just like, no, I'm not doing this. And then they push you. And there you go. At the mercy of that parachute, pray it opens. And just soaring through. And then when it, boom, it pops. And your feet come flying up. And hopefully your shoes don't fly off. And there you are, suspended in complete silence, just watching. Unless you've done it, you have no idea what that feels like. And that's what Paul's saying. He's like, I don't want you to just think, oh, yeah, I know that there's God out there who loves me. He's like, man, I, just want you, I, mean, I want you to experience it. Because that's what this life was meant to be lived as, that you'd experience. So let's just close with this thought. The gospel, the good news, is that, is that God so loves the world. It's, it's just an, it brings incredible worth and value to humanity when you realize that we are loved. And we're hardwired. It's hardwired in us to go around. Like, we're not weird because we go around looking for love and looking for value and wondering, am I loved? Am I valued? Am I loved? Am I valued? That's not weird. That's normal. That's put in us. But we'll never find it anywhere on this planet. In 1965, Jackie DeShannon said this, what the world needs now is the old people singing along. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That song is... I know, it's famous enough, right? It's like, that. there's the one thing there's just too little of, and she's right, and that was true in 1965, it's true in 2020, it's true in 1530s, it was true in AD 30. And John, the guy who walked on the planet, followed Jesus around, he wrote about this conversation that he had overheard Jesus having with a guy named Nicodemus, and then he writes these famous words. It's like, as he's writing about the story of Nicodemus, he stops, he's like, you know what? Let me just talk to the reader. Let me just talk to whoever's listening this morning. He says, let me, let me just say this. He's like, you know what? Because this is how God loved the world. He didn't just love like we love. He's not like, hey, I'll give you a hug. I'll just be there for you. He's like, no. It's bigger than that. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him, who trusts in him, won't perish, but will have everlasting life. That life that he lives, he's going to invite you into it for eternity. And it will be mind-blowing. He's like, this is it. This is it. He says in verse 17, I didn't send my son into the world to judge the world. It's not my God game. It wasn't like this. He said he came that we might be saved through him. And so this morning, I just ask you, maybe you're online, maybe you're in the room. If you don't know God this morning, you don't know that God. You kind of thought about other gods, but you don't know that one. (laughs) The good news for you this morning is that it's that God who loves you. That limitless, unlimited, incredibly powerful, all-knowing, way beyond who we can fathom or imagine. The creator of all things knows your name, and he loves you deeply. That's good news for you. Maybe you're here and you're like, man, I'm a, I'm a church person, all right. I'm a Jesus follower. Man, we can't forget the good news. That's good news for me today. It's good news for you today. But you don't forget, and when you wake up tomorrow morning, man, <laughs> the God of all creation loves me. God, I just worship you today for that. Man, and you know what? That's the response. Because you watch as John when he was uh, uh, watching the, what's going on in heaven. That's their response. But John finishes uh, later on by writing a letter. He says this, Beloved, let us love one another. It's in 1 John. Beloved, let us love one another. Loves of God. Everyone who uh, loves is born of God and knows God. And he later says, because God is love. But you know that little word at the beginning? He just simply says, you know what? It's, you know, nowhere in here is like, hey, here's what I want you to do and do and do. He says, if you're going to love one another, just realize it starts with that. Just be loved. Just be, be loved. That is who you are. So just 
be loved by God. Watch what your life looks like when you are just loved by God. When you're tempted to think that God doesn't love you, man, you need a bigger box. You know, when you're tempted to try and earn the love of your perfect heavenly father, you wouldn't do it for a parent, a perfect parent, man, you need a bigger box. And when you're tempted to wonder if you're loved or lovable or valued or valuable, we need to get a, a bigger box because the creator God who's beyond, beyond our understanding, he's telling you just be loved because you are. Man, no wonder John wrote so much. No wonder Paul finishes his prayer with this. He says this, last thought, now all glory to him. All glory to him. All glory to God because he's the the one who's able through his mighty power, through his mighty power at work within us. Man, he can do infinitely more than we can ask or we can even think he's beyond us. And he just finishes by simply saying glory to him. Why? Because it brings us back to the way it should be on this planet, that God isn't out there to be my genie in a bottle but that I'm here to bring him glory. And it's that simple understanding that he didn't have to love me, but he does. Man, the fact that he loves me is glory to him and the church and through Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. Amen. My hope for you today is that you would have been intrigued enough to just wonder as you leave from this place to just say, God, is it true? God, I trust that it's true. And watch what happens when you know your life is loved by him. He's asking you to put your trust in him. That's where it happens. It's so, for God so loved the world enough to build a bridge, just hoping you would take a step across it. Jesus followers, man, we're meant to live in that relationship with him. Let's not lose focus of that this week. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, oh, thank you that we can call you Father. Do you love us? I, I, I know I don't get it. I know I don't fully understand that, but help me, Lord. I pray for others in this room. I pray for others watching online this morning too. Lord, would you lead and guide us into truth by your spirit because you're the one who can. May we know, may we know what it means to be so loved that we can share that with others and point them to you. God, I pray this morning as well for those who feel like they're, they're beyond, they're outside of what, they believe in the lie that they're, they can't be loved by you or that their past disqualifies them from it. God, would you do for them what you did for me and just prove your incredible love that it goes beyond. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross for us. Thank you for giving us a hope and a reason to live and a reason to sing. And we worship you today for the rest of this day, this week, wherever we find ourselves, maybe we're reminded that we are with you, you are with us. It's your name I pray, amen.